Today's program was brought to you by Union Beer. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Assassins Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 in the Good Beer Seal. Today is Tuesday, April 11th, 2017. Big shout out to our sponsors, Union Beer Distributor, Supplier of World Class Ales and Lagers. And we're going to have a little different tack on the show today. Um, we're going to call this show New York City International Beers in a Cultural Context. So we've got quite, quite an interesting group of players here in the room. Uh, the show was built around you, Lars. Tell us, you know, update what's going on with you and some of the brands you're representing in New York City. Hey, Jimmy. Thanks for having, having me and uh, my Lars team. Doghouse. Uh, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's been a uh, quite interesting couple of months. Um, I managed to bring a great group of German breweries together, um, five German breweries in particular, and we called them the Reinheitsboten, which is a play on the German purity law, which is now almost 501 years old. We launched them late last year. So instead of launching five individual breweries in the U.S., we decided, hey, let's bring them in under one umbrella and uh, let them all work together on promoting their, um, you know, a new wave of German craft beer over here, which I think is in dire needs of changing. Um, you know, one, one of the interesting facts if you go into um, uh, beer and liquor store these days is everything is craft the American section is craft, but you go into the German beer import section and it's nothing but the same old beers there that have been there for, for decades. So that's what we're tackling. That's what we're trying to change. And we brought over some spectacular beers that would not would just simply get lost if they came over on their own. But being part of a group will actually make their money go further. And we're going to taste them all today, Lars. Exactly. <laughs> we also got our, our German brewery in New York City, Justin Meyer. Hey, how are you, Jimmy? So you're, you're with the Polliner NYC. Polliner NYC. Great the, uh, the American boy they trust with making their <laughs> Reinheitsgebot beer. He's wearing the lederhosen, too. And then we've got a, a great crew from Brooklyn Brewery. Hey, guys. Hi. Uh, my name is Gabe Barry. Um, I, am, I have the privilege of being uh, Brooklyn's Beer Education and Community Ambassador, um, and I get to work a lot with the lovely lady sitting next to me, which is Claire Moyle. Claire, I'll let you introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Claire Moyle. I'm the European Marketing Manager for Brooklyn Brewery. I've worked there for about six years now, um, handling all of our export markets and now completely focused in on our European markets and only on the marketing side. And one reason I wanted you guys on the show is that I know you are here last week at Roberta's. You brought in, what, all your international yeah. reps. So if I could take this second to just, like, toot Claire's horn for a moment. Um, a lot of, you know, I always say making beer is a really elaborate transference of liquid from point A to point B with a lot of people 
people in between. Um, and something that Claire and her team have done an awesome job over the past uh, couple years with Brooklyn has moved us up to a point where um, we're just under 50% of our total brand share all being international. Um, so for us, when we look at our top markets, we're talking about New York City. New York City, you're still number one. You'll always have our heart. Um, but number two is uh, Sweden. And number three is the UK. So as we move forward and we look at our brands, um, <clears throat> we are ultimately looking just as much at the domestic yeah. craft scene as we're also looking at the no, world. And that's cool. And we're going to ask you some more specific questions. I know you guys, it's a tough because everyone here has kind of got a little marketing angle, but we're trying to get a little b- b- below that and uh, really talk about what it's like working in- internationally. And then you also have another an Irish, an Irish brand here too, Lars. Uh, yes, uh, my name is Eddie, and uh, along with my wife, Dervla, and uh, the Porterhouse Brewing Company, we own Francis Tavern in New York City. And I'm, uh, I'm also a partner with Liquid Projects with Lars here, and we represent, obviously, our German portfolio. So you guys are Irish, Irish beer makers? Yes, yes. And you've got uh, a pub in New York City? Yes. That's great. So let's start with, let's jump into this, because this is like a, you know, everyone in... in the world of beer in New York City is in D.C. right now. The Craft Brewers Thanks, Conference. Thanks, Jimmy. All these. Well, <laughs> but this is the interesting side. I, I love international relations, you know. I mean, did you study that in college, Gabe? Um, well, I just graduated yesterday. And, yes, they did mention international relations. So <laughs> earlier we were talking, and I, I love you brought, you kind of put this all together. You said this is like beer in a cultural context. So first let's start with, let's start with Justin. So Justin... Polliner NYC, but it's owned by, it's a German brewery, but you're making traditional German beers in New York City. You know, how do you, how do you explain that to people? Well, we, I think we're one of the few uh, breweries here in America that are utilizing decoction methods, uh, chemistry in your mesh to uh, create vibrant flavors and interesting beers without using chemicals, without using any kind of adjuncts, uh, fruits, flavors. Uh, how do we get the raw, beautiful flavors just with the bare ingredients, the Reinheitsgebot, the purity law, the four main ingredients? Uh, for instance, I have a nice rye beer, so it replaced our Dunkel or Schwarzbier. So this is our new d- darker beer for the summer. 17-hour uh, brew day, but uh, like a slow cooker, all good things come in time, right? <laughs> That's great. And, then for, and for you, Gabe, you know, you guys and, and Claire with Brooklyn Brewery, like last week you have, you have international reps. You're thinking of what? You, your brand and the international market, but you're also working with other international brewers. Give us a little sense of what it's like working in different countries, for example. Um, I mean, it's it's very challenging but exciting at the same time. As you guys all know, uh, every country has their own different set of laws and beer culture that uh, that they're from, and uh, so it's interesting to see how American craft beer is perceived in each individual market. Um, and you know, one way that we really like to connect with the local beer community is by hiring all of our brand ambassadors who you saw last week here at Roberta's. We have 14 of them now um, across the world, uh, each focusing on that individual market that they're based in and connecting with those local communities. Yeah. And then, Lars, how do you do it? I mean, you've been representing different imported brands for years. That's how I know you. Right. Um, it, it's it's sometimes very challenging, especially in the in this very vibrant American craft beer culture, to talk about import beers. But I think our competitive edge is that we are an import in every of the fifty states, and uh, we, you know, we're not subject to that super ultra local um, uh, transformation that we're in right now. So that that's a positive thing for us. And uh, you know what I what I want to bring in as far as beer styles is concerned is we want to bring over perfect renditions of beer stars that American breweries are trying to brew uh, on, a, on a daily basis. And, you know, you look at my Friedenfelser Hefeweizen, a 2014 World Beer Cup champion here, 
That is just the you, perfect you rendition. Pronounce the name one more Friedenfelser time. Friedenfelser Hefeweizen. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the first beer that we're drinking? Because we keep tack on Untapped. Yeah. So the, I had wait, a flag a flagship from Staten Island. Right. Pretty good Kolsch. A Kill very, von Very Kolsch. good Kolsch. And I think we're all drinking Kolsch. that. Oh, yeah. It was super crisp. So we're kind of yeah. drinking German theme beers. So what's, what's this? Is it Zoller? The first Zeller? one we tried was the uh, Zolle Zwickel, which is an unfiltered Helles-style lager. Um, Zollerhof is from the town of Sigmaring in, south, in southern Baden-Württemberg near... Just beautiful the, caramels and malt in that. Yeah. Just such definition. It's, uh, and on draft, it's just spectacular how cloudy it is, how easy drinking, how almost thick and liquid yeah. it is. It's like, I get like straight cereal grain. Yeah. yeah. Like, just like, I just like eating a bowl of porridge and enjoying <laughs> my evening. Well, it's definitely with, with like craft and hops. I feel like a lot more customers are interested in these mm-hmm. other styles, traditional styles. Um, yeah. You know, for you guys at Brooklyn Brewery, you know, how is it perceived the other way? Like you're selling well, in Europe, you're selling in what, Japan? I think to, to chime in some of like one of the both uh, challenges and, and um, awesome like parts of our job is that we're a brand that it was established 28 years ago making a lager in a time where nobody really made a lager. Uh, and now we're moving to this place where... Um, I mean, hoppy loggers are kind of having their day in some ways. Um, but I think a lot of what we see our role in the in the craft community as a whole is looking at this greater picture of, um, especially in a lot of international markets, the concept of craft is not really relevant in the same way that we cling on to it here in this market. Um, so how do we move back to... Um, what are we talking about when we say uh, drinking beer and enjoying it? And does that mean so, the Gabe, American what's, what's a better term? Is it is it using the word tradition? Jimmy, I don't know if you figure it out. You <laughs> let me know. I, I think, think we're, we're going to figure that out today. I, I think mm-hmm. we might today. Yeah. Um, but I think, like Lars, we were talking about before the show about how we're going back to this idea of beer as a sense of place, which is something that when you look at the, the world and then you look at what's happening with American craft right now, those are two things that I, I think we're moving almost backwards in history with a, a glimpse of the future. Um, and I think that that's, you know, while I didn't directly answer the question, I hope that perhaps I dropped a bit of insight. Um, Claire, feel free to jump into some of the more challenges, but I think that's something that the, the footing we find ourselves with is how do we celebrate what we as a brand has exemplified, but how do we uh, translate it to the world? That's great. Mm-hmm. And for, for large you guys, I mean, you're, you're doing this all the time, you know, would you want to call something like these are traditional beers, traditions? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we, we, we focus on the, on the, on the, perfect renditions of, of those beer styles and you know talking a little bit about porterhouse as well is you know there's there, there wouldn't be any other uh, irish brewery that i could think of that that is at the forefront of irish craft brewing like these guys are i've been doing it for over 20 years and um you know you try their oyster stout or their plain porter which are real craft renditions of some of the mega brands that that are out there and it's uh, Beautiful to see that, you know. Beautiful yeah. to see that on let's the shelves. Let's keep popping course. beers. We're gonna we're gonna yeah. drink a lot of beers and make sure you say them clearly to and, me, Lars and and Gabe. Uh, Eddie, tell us what you know your your feelings about Irish craft traditions, traditions of beer. I mean, we know there's there's Guinness Stout, but I know from tasting with guys like you that there's a lot of other Irish craft ciders, whiskeys, and beers. Yeah, yeah. At the moment, there's a there's a huge um, explosion in Ireland with craft beer where traditionally we've been ones that stick to our own brands and 
if if there's no Guinness or Smittix, we just won't we just won't drink anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, so it, it, it's it like has, me and Coors Light. <laughs> yeah. So so we, we've started to see a huge change in that, and, and there's a huge growth in craft breweries and distilleries in Ireland. Um, and you know, coming over here, I guess Porterhouse is the is one of the fir- one of the first. And um, you know, what what I love about them is that. Uh, like their, their beers are just exceptional. Their their stouts are they're they're, se- they're second to none, and um, what, they they, 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 they travel you, well. Just pour Lars. So right now we're trying the uh, Porter's Oyster Stout, which is uh, in effect brewed with real Dublin Bay oysters that mm-hmm. are chucked into the into the brew during the brewing. You get that nice process. brine. Mm-hmm. Yes, oh, exactly. It's There's some saltiness, brininess in that beer. Uh, we've been bringing it over in on draft for a little bit, and uh, now finally oh, it's over in bottles as well. So uh, quite amazing. On draft, it's nitrogenated. On bo- in bottles, it's carbonated. Mm-hmm. So you get a little bit. Claire, more what, do you, what do you think? Like, so you're working, you know, with Brooklyn Brewery, the international reps. I mean, what do you think about these other traditional beers coming into the states? And you know, you, m- you must have something. To say. I mean, I, I think it's amazing. I, I think it's really cool what's happened in the beer world. Um, it was interesting because. Originally, craft came out of taking old styles from Europe and around the world and then just putting our own little American spin on it. And now it's going back and forth and there's all this trade happening. And as somebody who went to school for international business, I actually really love that a lot (laughs) Um, because I think we all have something to learn from each other and we're all making great things. And I just want to share everything with everyone all the time. What I think is really great on the table right now is kind of what I feel when I started brewing, the trajectory of what's happening in America is it's tradition and reverence. So we're taking the beautiful beers that history, you know, created and Americans never really had. We had a version of it and we liked what we had for decades. But now we have an educated class of beer connoisseurs. People want variety. People have been given variety for decades. Not enough years now that they know. And then, Justin, when, when, when you guys came in, a little backstory, Polliner is a a German brewery, international. This is kind of the example we're talking about. But you guys came into New York, and you guys have struggled a little bit. Mm-hmm. But you're sticking to doing, like, traditional German beers. Right. So we do tradition and reverence. So I stick to Reinheitsgebot. I stick to uh, Palaner's concept. But we have fun. We want to make sure that we are making beer for the American palate. We want to keep it fresh, fun, but also stay true to our flagship beer. I'm a, we're almost 400 years plus old. So, like, what you use the... Traditional recipes? Are you able to make any seasonal beers? Uh, we will always have the Hefeweizen and the uh, Helles, so the Munich Lager, because that is our um, well-known American flagship beers. But we also have three other taps where we just have fun, uh, so mostly for the weather to, and you're season. You're able to make seasonal beers. Yeah, for instance, I have this rye. It's a combination Rogan beer. Let's that next. So the Polliner Rogan beer. And uh, also a Pilsner. So uh, as long as we can fit it into Bavaria, we have an IPA in the tank right now. So you give the people what they want while staying true to your concept. So you have a little more flexibility. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's let's pour that for everybody because that's we're going to knock these beers out. And um and Eddie, for you, I'm going back to Ireland because I've I've had the porterhouse before, and um, you know, I always think of that as the Irish beer. Um, at what point did you, your group decide to open a pub in Manhattan? Talking about cultural context. Yeah. Um, well, first, uh, our group opened up a place in London, and it it done very well, right in the centre in Covent Garden. And it's something that our partners always wanted to do. And um, they just happened upon myself and my wife, and we were, we were looking for the same thing. So uh, we, we decided to come together in partnership and uh, spread, spread the good word of Porterhouse. 
And what is it about the Irish accent? I you was know, just going to say it's a ting. <laughs> because, you know, Justin has to put on, he's from St. Louis, he has to wear lederhosen when he does appearances. But once you guys, it's like no, Irish No, I elect to wear it when I get out of bed. Irish pubs, you know, you guys have the, the, the lilt in your voice. and I actually just got tattooed today just to represent Brooklyn on this panel. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. Again. Let's take a short, this is fun. We've got everybody talking, and we'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. In 1996, Elknife & Son acquired Union Beer Distributors, which was originally located on Union Avenue in Brooklyn, but has since expanded to its present location alongside the English Kills Canal in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Union Beer has grown dramatically in the last decade as the primary distributor of Anheuser-Busch products for Kings County, Brooklyn, through the hiring and development of the best people in the industry. In 2003, Union Beer acquired a powerful catalog of specialty brands, which immediately positioned them as the craft beer supplier to accounts in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island. Union perpetually tweaks their portfolio to maintain the highest level of stylistic breadth with the most coveted brands available. Through the highest possible level of service, outstanding salesmanship of the ultimate lineup of brands, and a paramount focus on education on all levels, Union Beer has solidified its position as the only source for the best selection of beers in the 14 counties of southeastern New York. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. We're talking New York City International. We're in a cultural context, kind of, but we get brewers from what? Germany, or beers from Germany, Ireland, New York City, and uh, New York City. So yeah. that's pretty wild. I mean, for yeah. you, Lars, you know, you've been doing this a long time. You came from Germany. You know, you've been on a lot of shows in the past. Right. You know, what is it like selling beer in New York City? Oh, it's it's very difficult, very hard. Uh, <laughs> it's barking up a tree, but um, I feel like as long as we're bringing in beers that people are actually interested in and they, they say "wow," then um, th- then that's great. And, and this is exactly what what I did with selecting these beers. I'm not bringing five different pilsners and five different hefeweizens. I'm bringing over the uniqueness, uh, the most unique beers, like like this stuff, the uh, the Riedenburger Emma wheat beer. Which is more like a brown ale, really. It's brewed with emmer wheat, which is one of the ancient grains of Europe. It's over 10,000 years old, perceived to be one of the first grains to have been used for, for bread and, and beer, actually. And it's, um, it's interesting. It's one of those wheat varieties that has hardly been changed over these uh, many thousands of years. So people that are sensitive to gluten can actually drink yeah. this beer. Oh, great. Because it, you know, it hasn't gone through all this modification over the many decades. Now, how do you feel with this experience coming to the American market? What is more received? What is, more, um, what is your big seller? What is the big boom that you're bringing in right now? It's it's something it's it's in the first place it's always something that they haven't had before. Sure, and, novelty. Uh, we love that. In, in that sense, uh, <laughs> you know this this Friedenfelser Zeugel is a fantastic beer style. Uh, Zeugel is native only to this very small area in northeast Bavaria, and it's a beer that's been brewed there for for over uh, almost two thousand years. And uh, farmers used to make it, and they used to put a sign out when beer was ready. And Zeugel translates into sign. Zeugel, it's a German dialect word for sign. So sign people beer. would put the sign out. Lars, how do you, how do you say fresh beer here in German? 
Frisches Bier hier. Frisches Bier hier. But they didn't say that. They just said Zoibel. <laughs> exactly. So they consolidated eventually, they consolidated brewing of this beer into a few breweries in that area, and the Friedenfelser Brewery was one of them. So when you try this beer, it's made with a unique yeast strain that actually creates almost like a champagne, ah. champagne feel carbonation. Is it a top or bottom fermenting beer? It, it's a lager, so okay. it's a bottom fermented beer. Yep. Um, hey Lars, something I was just thinking about, like uh, when you were talking about uh, bringing in these beers. Sometimes we're occasionally faced as a <clears throat> a bit of a, a, a I like to call us a, like a big kid in the sandbox um, in terms of a, a, a craft industry. We're on the 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 we are. Kicking, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get past this. We're, we're a 28 year old brewery, and sometimes we get a little bit categorized in this like what is craft context. Um, do you ever find that in your like when you're when you're out in the world placing your beers and helping that bar manager find the place for your beer? Do you ever feel the the fear of um, am I? Do people understand that regardless of whether or not uh, this is defined by the American Craft Brewers Association as a craft beer, does that change the fact that someone's going to enjoy it? And does that change the fact that this has a place not only in history but here right now? Good question. Very good question. Um, I, I more often, I mean, I'm sometimes upset by bars that say, "Hey, we we only do American beer," and I mean, it's easy for me to walk out, but at the same time, I want <laughs> I, I, I want to say, "Hey, are we talking about?" Do we want to drink up. good it's beer, yeah. or do we? Uh, you know, is it is it discussion about drinking good beer, or is it just about the country? Right. So I think the discussion should be about drinking good beer. And then to your point, um, I, I think beer that is brewed with a love to detail, with um, you know, with heart and dedication, that is craft beer. I love the, the expression of the, the different styles, the, the different wheats and grains. It's, that's really great. So I think you have a lot to teach us. And Gabe, you just poured for us a ghost bottle from Yes, I did. So now, ghost that, that gets a lot of buzz. You say ghost bottle. I know. Well, Jimmy. Boo! I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, ghost bottles for us, um, as I just referred to us as one of the bigger kids in the sandbox, um, some breweries might make the choice to have you wait outside in a line for 5, 10, 15 hours for their newest release. Um, while we appreciate appreciate that, we love that, um, some That's of our lame. ways... We is, don't do that. I, well, shh, I'm just spreading love, Jimmy. I'm a community ambassador. Um, for us, our ghost bottles are a way that we have... Uh, while we love brewing Brooklyn Lager, we will. it still makes up... Uh, it keeps the lights on today, let's just say that, uh, we have to have a side of our portfolio that experiments. And for us, that is ghost bottles. And our only rule with ghost bottles is that we don't sell them, and we want to be there when you're drinking them. So I chose this this beer today. It's called The Passion of the Mango. Um, and we're kicking off this really fun event in Brooklyn at the end of the month called Brooklyn Beer Mansion. Hit up brooklynbrewerymash.com for more information on that topic. Um, but why I chose this beer for us today... Can you say that again one time? Brooklynbrewerymash.com coming to you in Brooklyn. So this is well. like a what? Woo! <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a happening. It's almost like an art show. Yeah, so this is, I like to call uh, Beer Mansion essentially our manifesto for fun. I think the beer industry, um, we, we, I mean, this is a thing that goes back to the, the Tigris and Euphrates River. The beer industry as we know it today has really only existed for about 30 years in this country. And so Beer Mansion, in my eyes, is how we are breaking the mold of the beer festival and we are bringing new life to all of the cultural communities that, uh, whether it's uh, uh, technology, video 
games, architects, fashion. Uh, beer Mansion is the place that all of those things come together in a beer and art installation festival. So uh, we've got some really fun partner breweries joining us for that. Um, LIC Beer Project, KCBC, Other Half, Strong Rope, and Finback. Um, also, we've got a fun media partner for this. Eater is helping us choose some of our... Oh, Eater.com. Yeah, That's and cool. I think this this place called Roberta's. Um, I think it's in like... <laughs> Beeswax? Bush, Bushwick? Bushwick? Is it? <laughs> what's the uh, na- one more time, what's the name of your event? The- it's called Beer Mansion, uh, Brooklyn Brewery Mash.com. Tickets like still that. available okay, now. Okay, next beer we just had, Lars. <laughs> just one, one more time, say this is the Zeugel beer. What's this one called? So the Friedenfelser, Friedenfelser Zeugel. That's, um, again, a slightly amber lager, but beautiful style, something completely different than what you would have ever tried, you know? It tastes so traditional. It tastes so yeah. just from, You know what? From I think the, in your beer mansions, you should have Lars in one room, and then you right. should make everyone taste all of his beer styles and talk to them. Lars, are you free April 21st and 22nd to come to a party at, at the Well and Bar Monto in Bushwick? Just I, text me later. I will. Cool. <laughs> I will. And I'm going to go back to Eddie because, Eddie, I want to hear your voice on the radio, man. It's Irish. Tell us, tell us, just like, t- tell us the names of the different Porterhouse beers. Um, well, we've got the uh, Porterhouse Red, um, the Oyster Stout, as Lars was saying, uh, we make with real oysters. And uh, my favorite is the gold medal winning Plain Porter. Which is uh, really really nice uh, porter uh, comes in like by four point two percent. So it's a, it's a good sessionable beer, and um, with, with us both at the brewery and at, at the tavern, uh, we like to have beers that you can drink a lot of as opposed to the, the heavy hitters. Now, like at, at your next beer mansion, you're going to have Eddie stand there and read off over the intercom the names of the beers. Eddie, read read off the uh, the flyer. I love you, Jimmy. I want to hear your voice, man. <laughs> <laughs> the Brooklyn Brewery Mash, Beer Mansion, Brooklyn. <laughs> a wind in your hair, seat of your pants, high wire act of a beer bash. <laughs> food, food by eater. That's an easy one. <laughs> All right. Good job, Eddie. Little cheers on that one, David, please. All right. Cheers. But, um, I would like to, you know, the, the sense of cultural context, trying to cover a lot of bases, definitely taste a lot of beers. Claire, you guys, Brooklyn Brewery, out there in the world, you have international reps. Which countries are really receptive to beer in general to have in Brooklyn Brewery? And, and, and are there some countries that have really great beer cultures where you're like, wow, this is part of their life and it's healthy and integrated? Yeah, I mean, as Gabe mentioned earlier, our largest uh, market outside of the U.S. is Sweden, and they wholeheartedly embrace Brooklyn Brewery, which was a bit of a shock to us. Um, another market that was a bit of a surprise was France. Everybody was like, what are you crazy? Why are you selling your beer in France? And we're like, well, I don't know. We'll see what happens. And uh, they, it's growing very well in France. France is about to be our third largest uh, international market. And uh, it was kind of shocking to us, but they they love good beer. They do have a history of uh, having Belgian beers in their market, so it does kind of make sense that they're into more flavorful beers. Um, I would say also, actually, Germany, um, that's a very challenging market. Uh, (laughs) Set in doctrine. (laughs) Yeah. People also thought that we were crazy for moving into Germany because obviously you have plenty of delicious, very well-made beer. Um, but yeah, we we actually grew two hundred and seventy seven percent last year. Um, not crazy volumes, but still doing very very well there. And it's just people want more variety. I think they want to see new things. Um, you know, it help 
helps that we are also from Brooklyn. Uh, that's a popular thing around the world. Yeah. Uh, back when we started, it wasn't. That's what's funny about it. But now everybody loves I have, Brooklyn. I have a good story about this. I, actually, I, I worked at a place. The first place I worked in 1991-92 in New York City. I don't want to say the name of it. But um, you know, it was just when the Craft Beer Guild was starting and Brooklyn Brewery was really taking off. And I'm like, oh, we're going to put Brooklyn Lager on tap. And at the time in Manhattan, they said, no, we can't put the word Brooklyn on anything in our place. So, the, you know, 25 years ago, Brooklyn wasn't really that, that cool. Maybe it was perceived as hip-hop. I don't know. But Yeah, now in, in France, there's actually a phrase that they use, and it's Trey Brooklyn. Trey Brooklyn. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, yeah, yeah. cheers to Trey oh, Brooklyn. Cheers. <laughs> and, uh, Trey Brooklyn. And you guys start lining up your questions, because this is quite a... We have a lot of people in this room, a lot of international folks. So. I just well, opened opened a bottle that um, of the Tolahoff Brewery called Old Fred. Old Fred uh, from the Tolahoff Brewery is a spin on Frederick Miller, who eventually started a very large brewery over in the U.S., and it's a like traditional Miller, Miller. Yes, yeah. yes, that one. Not Mueller. Uh, no, Mueller. <laughs> so he became a brewmaster in the town of that brewery uh, in the town of Sigmaringen. And uh, last year, in honor of the 500 year anniversary, the Zollerhof Brewery made this beer, which is a traditional amber style amber lager, uh, but brewed dry hop with cascade hops. Right. So you get a lot of the, the smell of the... Cascade. We're changing this. I'm asking questions. Okay. okay. First, okay, hazing in the industry. So to get a job at Brooklyn Brewery... I just... Oh, I was going to say you? in the industry. I just called you, Jimmy. That was- <laughs> oh, that's right. You Everyone used to work at Jimmy's 43 and get poached by Brooklyn Brewery. How, how did you... What did you first have to do when you were working at Brooklyn Brewery? Like... Was there certain jobs, anything, training, indoctrination? Yeah, so, well, I'll we start. had to hold Garrett's cape. No, yeah. just kidding. Sorry, sorry. There's always <laughs> got to be a cape person or, and a hat person with Garrett. Sorry, Garrett. Just kidding. Um, I actually started at Brooklyn Brewery through our tasting team, is what it was called at the time. It was basically when Brooklyn Brewery wanted to create an in-house team of people that would promote uh, Brooklyn Brewery beers at, at bars and talk to people about the brewery. Um, and they were all we were all trained by the brewery, uh, knew the entire history. I got to know the brewery through that and all the people who worked there. And I decided I have to work for this company. I'm in love with it. And uh, my my heart, my eyes were on the prize and I uh, made it happen eventually. <laughs> and then John Goodclay. <laughs> and Justin, for you, you know, you're working for Polliner NYC. Um, you know, what, what, was, what did you have to do initially? I mean, did you train with a uh, brewer? Become disenfranchised in corporate America, quit your job, uh, be refused any kind of job at any other brewery because you had no experience. Did you have to go to Germany to learn? <laughs> uh, no, I, I went to Polaner NYC, uh, the original brewmaster, Andy, my mentor. Andreas, uh, we had him on Andreas, a years he ago, uh, yeah. trained me for about four months. And uh, I went broke. Actually, it was a great show. Andreas at the time with Paul and NYC with Bill Kovaleski. Oh yeah, from uh, Victory. That was very a really cool great show. You should Google that. But so uh, and actually, one th- a big plug for the show. You know, now we've been doing it. It's our eighth year, almost four hundred shows. Often when when I talk to someone in the industry, I'll actually just Google them and go Beer Sessions Radio and their name. And most likely they've been on. Like if you Google Beer Sessions Radio, Lars Dahlhouse, you will see the, the industry guy that he is. Yeah, and also. Beer Sessions Radio. I can't believe I'm plugging this. Garrett Oliver. He's been on many times. We've had some really really deep shows about beer and chocolate. Co-hosting after our original co-host, Radiator, died. Garrett came on a lot. Steve Hindy was on a lot. So you guys are good friends of ours. And uh, um, Lars, one more. Next beer. 
Fred. Uh, we, we, uh, yeah, so we, we tried the old Fred with the, the dry hop cascade, and, and now we, we just passed around the Friedenfrauser Hefeweizen, which is, I mean, uh, you know, Paul Anna, what, 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 what do you think about that Hefeweizen? Uh, it is a very Bavarian one. Uh, that's yeah. the funny thing. I actually have to tailor the recipe because the Americans demand more ester. They want more banana, so I have to really? yeah. uh, change my fermentation schedule yeah. Significantly, because when I do it Bavarian style, yeah. uh, they complain. They said this is uh, there's something wrong with the vice beer, which, which is some of my pitch actually. Yeah, uh, uh, right? my pitch is that it's not overly banana, it's not overly clove. Yeah, it's right where it should be. It is a typical Bavarian, beautiful, yeah. balanced. Um, the American palate wants a little more action uh, as, as we're discussing. Some speak for some American palates. Uh, my American palate actually uh, detests banana um, in general, and so I'm always I actually gravitate more towards. Uh, I'm, I'm a Caribbean. Girl, I, I love all the fruited sure. and banana and <laughs> mango. You know, you, you're always right, Gabe, and I know I know you as, I'm a, as a beer you person. On that, yeah. Yes, because 12 years ago, going again back history, we used to have things like the Iyengar had had a a, a, a wheat beer mm-hmm. that was that classic, like you're saying, Justin. The esters, it's, it smells like banana, but I feel like we've got away from that. But now everyone wants wheat beers, and I was. Uh, I was tasting Suarez family, which is that hip, you know New York City regional beer, brewery, and they made a they called it a wheat country ale, which mm-hmm. was something wheat and saisony, mm-hmm. but it, there was no esters in it. So, I mean, if, if you think bananas and cloves for for certain wheats, I mean that might be one style, but I feel like. I don't know. Let's yeah. talk about that. Well, I think that kind of... That's I cultural to, context, too. Well, like, that's what kind of what I, I wanted to ask Justin a little bit about. Like, we are in this moment where we have all these historical styles, but we also kind of have the... You know, we have, by definition, a, 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 a more than 100... A, a, significantly American craft brewery defined styles and Justin I I was just thinking about what it is like for you as someone that has the obligations to brew um, within the context of a traditional brewery and how does that applicate for you being an American brewer in these situations and what is that like for you when you're picking your grains and your, your yeast and your hops what is that like? Well I was an American brewer for a few years as well so uh, I take the things I was trained as an American brewer and a Bavarian brewer and try to take the best of both and blend. I get a lot of people saying, oh, aren't you bored with Ryan Heiskeboot? Aren't you bored making it? No. I, maybe an American does one temperature step mash. Uh, I will do a two-hour mash for certain beers. I use chemistry. I use math mm-hmm. to make flavors. So uh, for me, it's more engaging. It's more of a yeah. challenge. It's like uh, using a crock pot instead of a... No, and that's great. We're getting somewhere. We're talking about different styles, international context of beer. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey, check us out, heritageradionetwork.org. Become a member. There's a lot of perks. I think uh, tomorrow night we're going to Three's Pop-Up in Williamsburg to see Kathy Irway, one of our hosts, uh, and it's going to be very cool. So check it out, Heritage Radio Network. 
dot org. All right. So what did you say, Justin? How many beers have you had so far? Fifteen? I think there's uh, 15 <laughs> beers passed in front of me in the so last five minutes. So what did you say, Gabe? This is what? Lars is what? Um, it's speed dating with the international beer market. So let us know if there's a favorite or one that stands out. <laughs> one that in you want to take home, yeah, maybe? Yeah, into the you? same things as you. All my years of brewmaster training have paid off for this. But the question is, does the beer feel the same way about you, Justin? <laughs> we'll find out tomorrow morning. Well, let's go back to making these beers. So, so I didn't realize it. So in the old days, yeah, like the half of vices I had, they did have like banana nose. Yeah. Well, so how do you make the beer differently so you don't have the banana Well, nose? for instance, Palaner. Palaner is not from the Pilsen region. We don't make a Pilsner. Uh, we'll have a Pilsner maybe in our repertoire, but that is not a typical Bavarian style of beer. So this is a Pilsner with a very nice American twist. So we we have to do, being Palaner NYC, we have to make a beer that... Uh, Sticks to tradition, but also respects the American palate. But then you have, like, from Munich, what you have Hellas as your kind flagship. Of flagship. So we'll always have the Hefeweiss. We'll always have the Hellas. But the Hellas and Hefeweiss are very different from the one you'll find in Munich. And uh, we'll have people from Bavaria come in and say... You no, know, locally, you know, we talked about Brooklyn Lager. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was uh, modeled after, like, Rheingold or one of the classic New York lagers. But in New York... Two years ago, we met with Eric Asimov from New York Times, and he was talking about you know beers for baseball. And the guys from Flagship came on, and they they actually have a pills at the the the, the Yankee Stadium in Staten Island. We had their Kolsch. I've had Folks Beer, um, who makes a great Hellas. Is there anyone else in New York City making like real German style Hellas or pills? I mean, you know, like Threes makes Vliet, which was just dry and hoppy. But a lot of the American brewers are making, like you said, an American. I'll tell you style. what, I find the Kolsch. The Kölsch is very popular here in a, yeah. the East Coast recent. Uh, Schlafly in St. Louis has been making a Kölsch for 22 years. Um, just a phenomenal beer style that has been ignored over the decades that is really making a surge. Well, it, there's a New York State brewery. The first brewery that I worked for was Empire Brewing Company, which their flagship for years before they got down here was Skinny Atlas Light, which was a Kolsch. I think a lot of that came out of like a need in that market for an easy drinking lager. Um, I would also say, I'm sorry, not a lager, an ale, but an easy an drinking ale lager. beer. An ale lager. One of those hybrids. Yeah. Everybody's paying attention. Um, <clears throat> I think that... Um, We're watching you. Again, <laughs> sorry, for those of you listening, I'm gesturing a lot. Um, I They are not specific specifically straight uh, German-style beers. But I think KCBC, as a brand, has been coming out with um, low lager, low ABV drinkable lagers across the board, bringing rice back to the table, bringing some elements that are going back to that perhaps and initial, lager, initial yeah. incarnation. Before there was Steve Handy and Garrett Oliver, um, there was that rice lager that had its day here in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that brands like KCBC, going back to bringing rice back to the equation, you, you know, as a, a, a American craft brewers, before we can define ourselves by what we are not, we have to define ourselves by what we are. That's great. Eddie, you from Ireland, what do you drink for, for refreshment? Or is there, is there a local beer you like that's in, light and refreshing? In, in, in the U.S. or Ireland? In the U.S. <laughs> or in Ireland, too. Just keep talking. <laughs> Give them something to read. Uh, well, well in, in, in Ireland, you can't beat the Guinness in Ireland. Um, but just in, in New York, I obviously prefer our, our own stouts. I, I just find that they, they travel better than Guinness does. Like the, the Guinness you drink in, in the United States is nothing compared to what the Guinness is in Ireland. I agree. You, you know, but, but the, uh, sad uh, but true. Yeah. And uh, our, our brewer, um, uh, Peter Hughes, uh, he reckons that, like, and, and some of our uh, partners as well, they reckon that the, the 
the porters are better in New York than they are in Dublin. And we're trying to figure out why this is. And, and, and our brewers reckon it's because um, they're not as fresh as in, mm. in Dublin, it's gone straight from the brewery into the bar and been sold. But here, it's, it's, taken, a, it's taken a month to get here and might be on, on the shelf for a couple of months. Um, he reckons that it's actually because there is still live yeast in, in uh, the Porterhouse beer as opposed to the other black stout that comes over from Ireland, um, you know, th- that it's actually so getting, something to it's save for time in the care yeah, and yeah, shipping. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. He, he reckons um, up to about six months, it's actually improving. Yeah. improving. And but what uh, for they, you, a, a light ref- is there a light refreshing beer besides stout that you like to drink? Um, light refreshing. Um, you just drink stout. I, ju- I, just, I just drink stout. <laughs> and yeah. what about this beer? This this other one, the, the, the brain blaster. So it's the porterhouse. What the brain blaster? Brain blaster. A brain blaster. It means uh, in, in Irish, it means the tasty drop. Um, it's uh, it's a strong uh, English so ale. So brain blaster is an Irish Celtic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Phrase. yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah, I mean, the tasty drop. But it can sound like something else. Uh, <laughs> brain blaster is the, the, Celtic. The seven percent will, will uh, definitely blast your brain I guess it's cultural context you know <laughs> I actually I have a question for you because uh, I've only been to Ireland once unfortunately I was in Dublin uh, only for a few days I wish I could have stayed longer but um, so my experience there was so there's Guinness obviously the the mainstream massive beer which actually uh, my cab driver asked me what I do for a living and I told him I work for a brewery and he literally said well why are you here we have Guinness um, but I explained to him what I was doing but so you've got like the Guinness side of things out there and then you have a ton of local craft breweries um, where like what do you see with the future of beer in Ireland do you see people getting away from Guinness and getting more into craft I mean do you see the opposite is there anybody uh, else coming up yeah, yeah, to be honest with you um, Guinness I believe is it's bulletproof when it comes to it comes to that like you know all these other craft breweries they will grow they will get get their piece but Guinness and uh, nobody's ever going to put down Guinness like they no. do like they do other massive breweries like you know we'd rather say we won't drink Heineken we drink our local uh, craft lager but with, with Guinness it'll always be but Guinness. what's your local craft lager in, in, in Ireland? Brooklyn, Anywhere. Brooklyn uh, Lager? Uh, oh, 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 sorry. Oh, Brooklyn Lager, of course. I hate, won't tell us, I hate to give a Polaner New York City secret, but my brewmaster before me and uh, me and the rest of us, uh, when you get off the clock, you drink your beer, and then you go down the street to Swift, and you have uh, all the Guinness you can manage. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> well, they definitely have a really good pint of Guinness. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 And Lars, keep telling us about your beers, because... You're, oh you're yeah, we, we've been trying quite a bit of them. Um, I just opened a bottle here, the Zollerhof Donator, which is a um, you know a typical German style pale Doppelbach, though. Yeah. And um, the owner of the brewery, Ralph, he's he's crazy about his beers, and he's like, Lars, what can we do for the U.S. that nobody would have ever done, or nobody in their right mind would do? And he said, All right, let's leave this beer in the tank for fifty weeks. Fifty and, weeks. And 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 dry hop it or, or hop it three times along the way Ugh. so that's the beer that Beautiful. you're trying right now and um you know there's it's a eight and a half no this one here 
I have to. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a little scared. Uh, Polaner makes Salvator. That's the beer the monks made in the right, right. 15th century. And yeah. uh, we just got rid of our Salvator. And uh, that was many nights of very headachey days. Oh, I bet. Well, Love when you drink five, 8% beers. <laughs> now, since we're talking saying. international, let's yeah. give some shout outs to international media partners. So I know there's a craft beer magazine in Germany, and they listen to the show. It's called Hopfenhelden.de. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of them. I have, Hopf yes. Helden, yeah. So, Hop Heroes. Yeah. And for you guys in, um, you know, say in Sweden and some of your markets, you're not really covering that, but we've talked about it before. Are there other, like, media partners or people in... And I know that we've actually had listeners f- f- who are from Sweden who've come to New York City and, and visited us here. Jimmy, I bet that you actually have more listeners in Sweden, not to creep you out, but I think you probably have more listeners in Sweden than you think that you do. Um, there, and Claire, feel free to jump in at any time. Um, but I think that there is specifically in Sweden, and I'm not going to embarrass myself um, by trying to pronounce their, um, <laughs> their their stuff, but there's a lot of small bloggers in Sweden. There's a lot of... Um, this, the craft scene in general is popping up aggressively in Sweden. Um, moving back to another, um, our th- our third largest market, um, one of our uh, folks that we... Which one's that? It's, oh, it's the UK, Jimmy. I thought you wow. were taking notes on that, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> I we, am taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, anyway. Um, Original Gravity um, is a, has been a really awesome proponent um, of our brand as both a podcast. Uh, they have they have a, a in-print version, I believe, yep. as well. Yep. Um, they're a great uh, uh, literary component that celebrates us. Also, in it, respectively... Things like good beer hunting. Mm-hmm. In there, there's a lot of these bigger. Um, we're, I'm still waiting for the beer sessions UK uh, session, in which we'll have it hosted by you. But there's a lot of these other, like more global and most European and craft centric things that are moving into these other markets as well. So, That's side cool. point. My God, my experience w- when brewing with my boss in Bavaria. I'm not even done with the Doppelbach, and he's already cracked another bottle and passing it my way. Uh, and so begins the non-sequiturs. So begins. Okay. Uh, were you going to tell us about your some special spring beer or something? Everyone uh, has something to tell us. Yeah. Well, I heard about Gabe and the beer mansion. Well, I almost Brooklyn broke my million-dollar Caspari brew system making an uh, uh, American pale ale yesterday. So uh, we're going to have some very fun things coming out spring and summer. We'll, we'll keep the traditionals. Uh, you come to Palaner, you get a Palaner, but you also get some very exotic, fun things. The rye, uh, the pills. I've got right a hazing now. challenge for you. If you're interested in, in being in the beer world, next time you want to have a good party, get some uh, Schneider Aventinas, 8%. And uh, just drink it all day. Drink it. See how long it keeps you going. In my drink four of them, and it says, uh, you know, yeah. uh, it tastes like I'm not going to work tomorrow. One year we hosted an Oktoberfest years ago, and we had a, 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 I will say, crazy German artist who, we, there was a billboard, and she used, you know, rappel devices, and she was up there on the side of a building and did a live art painting. I thought, this is cool. This is Oktoberfest. And I, I think I drank like 10 Aventinas <laughs> that day. And you so, woke up three days later. Lars, I enjoyed myself. Lars, can I turn it back to you for a second? So yeah. I just, um, I'm having this like sensor experience that I wanted to share with the class. Um, can, can you pronounce this this beer label? Yeah, that, that's a Distelhäuser Naturradler. Wow. Okay, so if you were here right now, you would be experiencing this insane, um, like as if I had just zested a. Le- it's not a lemon zest. It's a full. Like we're making a lemon juice. Right. We're not just uh, nobody's making you a cocktail and just zesting off the side. This no. is lemon juice. This is this is a what I grew up 
with. Holy this is a. Uh, oh my God! Yeah, it's unsure. Yeah. Yeah. Un- well, un- okay, I, I think I needed one of these to <laughs> cleanse my palate and this is pretend I'm still doing. I haven't even had a sip yet. This is the chaser here. Listen, this is a rattler. No, this is a rattler. You know, traditional German. This is the export lager. Like mixed lemon, with natural like lemon. lemon juice, yeah. uh, lemon soda, essentially. So this is what what we grew up with in Germany. This when, is your childhood, when, when, Lars. Yeah, when you when you didn't want to drink beer, you had a Rottler, or when you you know just came out riding on the bike for five hours, you you would drink that beer, or sports, whatever. So um, you know, you, it, it's a fantastic beer. And the Dieselhäuser Brewery is located in north northeast Baden-Württemberg, uh, close to Bavaria, close to Würzburg, and it's. One of the beers that we're so bringing. This over. is your refreshing beer. This yeah. is exactly. This is what I drink if up. I don't want to drink a beer. Well, this yeah. is like it goes back to the context of what this show is all about, which is the the cultural context. Yes. I think in this beverage, where it um, given to us as like an American example of of a beer, we'd be like, "This isn't a beer." Like, this is a sh- blah blah blah. blah. But like yeah. <clears throat> within the context of what you just dis- discussed, this is the most refreshing beverage I've ever. I think I perhaps have ever. Ever yeah. had. So I have a follow-up context. question. No other German, uh, my boss, my people, the yeah. brewmasters, no one can answer this. Why do Germans come to Polana NYC and ask for a half Hellas, half Coca-Cola? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I can't understand this oh, still. Germans want to mix everything with Coca-Cola. Oh, my God. I, I actually have something in my back there. This is, It's a German cider mixed with cola. Oh, my God. So Germans are crazy about mixing everything with is cola. Is it because weapons. of a hangover? Is it be- uh, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Well, that Palana makes a soda called Spezi. It's a lemon. Spezi, no, yes. it's an orange soda and Coca-Cola kind of correct soda mixed it, together. It, Spezi in Germany is a mixture of Coca-Cola and Fanta. Fanta, that's it. So yeah, if orange, you, if you orange mix soda. That, that too, that yeah. becomes Spezi. Let's cut one, this one. I don't need. I don't, <laughs> care. I don't care, guys. But I'll tell you what, let's do a quick wrap. Everybody say their name and their affiliation. Yeah. We're gonna close out the show. Great. So uh, my name is Lars Dalhaus. I'm with Liquid Projects. And I import some fantastic German beers and Irish beers into this country. Um, my name is Eddie. I'm also with Liquid Projects and also uh, owner of Francis Tavern in New York City. My name is Claire Moyle. I am the European Marketing Manager for Brooklyn Brewery. My name is um, Gabe Berry, Brooklyn Brewery Beer Mansion, www.brooklynbrewerymash.com. All right. Ich bin Justin Myers, Brewmaster, Polano, New York City. Big thanks to our producer, Justin Kennedy, who put the show together, engineer David Tadishore. And we're going to close out with, um, I do know a German song. It's the German Sesame Street song. Lars <laughs> will sing it with me. As we close out, thanks for joining us on Beer Sessions Radio. It's, Wer vivas? listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. 
and we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.